welcome to episode 96 of Sack King's Therapy. And if you guys have noticed, it is the reverse of 69. Just had to throw that out there. Um, well, today, um, we're going to just quickly go over um, just trade ideas. So we have two very specific trade ideas for two guys who might be on the trading block. And uh, those two are Kristaps <laughs> um, Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma. Because both of them have not performed, did not perform well in the playoffs, and are rumored to be both on the trading block. Um, so me and Fong decided to do a little exercise. He was not a fan when I brought up the idea of, uh, you know, trading for Kuz. I was not a fan when I heard him bring up the, the idea of trading for Kristaps Porzingis. So we decided to do a little exercise where we're gonna make the case for both players. So he's gonna make the case for KP. I'm going to try and make the case for Kuz. So, um, yeah, so let's get that started. Um, we'll start with Fong, with KP. Uh, what you got for us? Uh, before we start, really, um, what I'm, I'm just going to say this. Uh, I've researched a lot more negative stats than <laughs> uh, good stats from KP because, you, you know, Dallas doesn't really like KP as much as I have thought. So, yeah, I'll try my best to make the case. But so far, I I think uh, you're gonna win with this win this one with a. Oh, 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 believe you have no idea what you're in for. I try to look up good coup stuff. It's ugly. So, well, starting with KP. Yeah, so far KP's not really happy playing alongside with Luka Doncic. Uh, it seems like he's not getting enough touches uh, when it comes to uh, him playing in the game. Uh, there was a stat where he only gets 40.5 touches per game with only really 1.6 second ball possession in hand each possession, and apparently he only dribbles half a dribble per touch, which that. It, not a good dribbler. Yeah. It's not his game. It really yeah. isn't. So with that going along, uh, he only makes really 80% of uh, 80% of his makes are assisted. So really, he really can't make his shot most of the time, which is fine. I mean, if he did, you know, come to the Kings, uh, you know, 8% of his shots will be coming for Fox or May Halliburton, and that's great because he's a still a great uh, three-point shooter. Uh, there was also another stat where uh, KP if which is unusual uh if kp dribbles more than twice uh he only shoots 31 percent and apparently that's he's one of the worst in the league uh from off the dribble shooting yeah because like he's he's not really quick enough to get to the rim anymore so what ends up happening he pulls up a lot of the time when trying to go to the rim now and he, he's not a great pull-up shooter just because like you know I guess he's just not a movement shooter. Some people, some players are just good, like, you know, standstill shooters. And he is a good standstill shooter. It's just that he doesn't really get that many open looks because the the drive is no longer really a threat. Because Unfortunately, because of his injuries. He just he just can't move well anymore. Well, same with his post game. It's one of the worst this year. And then again, I mean, who really posts up as much anymore? Uh... There's another stat where in the Knicks, as a defender, I'm going to say this, uh, in the Knicks, he had a minus 13.7% opponent field goal point difference uh, when it comes to shots six feet from the rim. 
Last year, he was 11.1%, so it kind of dipped a little. But this year, he was only 3.3%. So his defense and, you know, like you said, the lateral movement is really not there anymore. And he can't really, uh, uh, what you call protect the rim as well as he could, uh, you know, prior to all his injuries, I guess you could say. Yeah, like in the Clippers series, there are multiple moments where Kawhi and PG just either got around him or just straight up pushed him out of the way because he's so skinny. Like they just bumped him and, you know, try and draw a foul or just like bump him out of the way for a layup. And also about the post game, like, the, I mean, I don't mind that he can't post up against big guys or, you know, even wings to a certain degree. Like, you know, that's just not part of his game. Like he just doesn't like think. I guess, like, the post-up just isn't a thing for him uh, in those cases. But when you have a guard on you, like, one of the lasting images that I have of KP this year, Terrence Davis was guarding him in in one of the games, like, when we played the King or when we played the Mavs. And that image of literally Terrence Davis, a guy that's a foot shorter than you, and, and you don't go and post him up. Instead, he stands in the corner and just waits for a three. You, you gotta, like, I don't know if it's Rick Carlisle or if it's him. He's gotta know. You got a foot long, of, a, you know, a good foot between you and Terrence Davis. You need to post him up. Yeah, you need it's... to score. Like, that's also the other thing. I, I imagine he could. Again, guys, like, literally just catch the ball and shoot over him. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah, he doesn't transition well or just knows when to you know just post up like yeah if if you're like seven foot free which he is you should be able to post up anyone below that or you know anyone you know not as strong as you but yeah but uh moving on let's see uh well according to regular season like his stats are still looking really nice you know with uh, 20.1 points, nine rebounds, 1.6 assists, and 1.3 blocks, um, there was some talks that uh, if you like really watched him in games, like according to Maz fan, his stats kind of make him look like a, more of a Hassan Whiteside in a way. In in terms of uh, you know, it's more of a stat chaser type um, stat line rather than you know a legit stat. <laughs> I, I, that's a that's a wow that's a sense comparing to Hassan Whiteside that's a that's incredible yeah. and uh what you would call it yeah I got that from uh, King's Herald so <laughs> I mean they know what they're talking about and uh, I'd say mm, I don't know we, we haven't watched uh Kristaps you know obvious obviously we can't keep him uh, keep up with the Mavs all the time uh so yeah seeing Kristaps being kind of like that Hassan Whiteside figure. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, I think I'd rather have Kristaps than Hassan, to be honest. Not at that money. We'll get to that. Yeah, but... we'll, we'll get to that. Well, yeah. But like, I I mean, like the I think he only played one game against us. He was not impressive. Like he just missed shots and just you know just stood in the corner a lot. Again, I just think like you know coming back from the knee injury, he just has no movement left. Like, this is not his thing anymore, and, you know, and they basically just play him like a spot-up shooter, essentially a 7-3 shooting guard who can't drive to the basket, so, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess they can try and figure something out with him, but like, yeah, right now it's just not unless he just recovers, like, and just gets his movement back. It's not gonna be pretty. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's not gonna happen anytime soon, to be honest. Maybe slowly in like a like small incline, but it's not gonna be hundred percent for sure. Yeah, unfortunately. So moving on, uh, <laughs> let's go to the post. Uh, season stats uh, which uh you know Maz played the clippers and they lost of course um so kp stats in that series was g 13 points five rebounds one assist and uh there was a tweet out uh i remember you mentioned it earlier where was it facundo campazzo mm-hmm. yeah who, who is five foot eleven is averaging one more rebound per game than chris stops who is seven foot free. That's again, like I don't, well, I can't really defend this one. I, I just think like he stands out on the three point line so much. He can't really get rebounds mm-hmm. anymore. And yeah, he's, he's not a good at boxing out and he doesn't get offensive rebounds like he used to remember when he was in New York, he would beast guys on putbacks. Yeah, there there was another uh, thing that people were talking about is like the effort he's putting in with the Mavs. I I guess he got real unhappy early on in the season and just started not trying as hard. I don't know if that's the case. What do you think? I again I again they playing him like a shooting guard, a spot up shooter. I imagine that he doesn't love that and probably wants more touches. And mm-hmm. yeah, like he's kind of showing it on so. Yeah, you play with less effort, and you combine the fact that again, knee injuries and big guys like it's just this is not there this year. And maybe they figure some out next year. Maybe they don't. We'll we'll see. So yeah. Uh, well, moving on again, we've mentioned that he's pretty injury prone. So I'm if we do trade for him, cross our fingers that he doesn't get injured as much as uh, you know what we had with Bagley. Um, for next season so we'll have to see about that um some trade ideas with the kings and uh the mavs uh i've heard a lot of places say that it would be uh buddy and bagley for Kristaps kind of trade and um in my opinion i think that's uh that's uh, i think that's fine i mean hopefully he recovers if not that's a i mean i i don't like hate that trade in just like in principle but like if he can't play that's a problem like yeah we can't lose buddy and marvin i think for kp just because at least buddy is healthy you know and like you know marvin's been you know in and out of the lineup for so long like we almost just almost don't notice when he's out anymore like but like if kp's gonna be out and and we lose buddy like that's a problem and you know, he's actually missed a good third of his careers uh, of the games he could have played because of the torn ACL. Like this year, he missed 29 games because he was coming back from uh, knee sur- was, was Was it 29 games or 19? I don't he missed quite a chunk of games, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, it was 29. And the year before was actually OK. He actually only missed 18. But again, the the health ish concerns are real. And, you know, if we're going to lose Buddy and and marvin like that might be a bit steep but it's not the worst thing in the world yeah as long as that's like i guess the borderline i'm fine with 
And yeah, you just mentioned about Buddy. I I totally forgot Buddy. Uh, he didn't get injured as much as I remember. I thought he. I mean, he tends to play through things, and I think he only missed one year because of sickness. They didn't really elaborate on what it was, but it was sickness. Oh, that's that's kind of weird. Okay then. Uh, but yeah, let's move on with the projected salary for uh, Chris Stobbs if this happens. So. For us, we're dumping Buddy, which in a way, great. But Buddy's uh, salary, how it works is it declines after each year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some incentives of incentives, of course. But with Kristaps' salary, uh, this season he's getting paid 29.5 mil. Next season, 31.6. The season after that, 33.8, and it ends with 36 million. My God. I will put it is a player option. Uh, yeah, chances are he's probably going to opt in that player option. So, <laughs> yeah, think of this as basically $100 million over the next three years is basically the contract. And, yeah, if KB is going to produce at this level, particularly in the playoffs, like, that is uh, – that's rough. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's getting paid more than most stars that are – way better than him uh this season uh one that i could think of is uh, probably Giannis. Uh, well Giannis just signed the supermax so he's oh. actually earning way more than him but n- n- um i guess a good comparison would be uh let's just say i guess tobias harris like maybe but like tobias is kind of overpaid but at least he's producing more than what uh kp is and mm. yeah Again, it's a steep price to pay for what is essentially a 7-3 spot-up shooter. Like, mm-hmm. a, again, a 7-3 shooting guard who can't uh, drive to the rim anymore. Like, you know, we'll see if they could, if, like, what happens. I, I'm not the biggest fan of trading for him just because that money is just disgusting. But, like... I mean, I, I can see it working on the Kings. Like, you know, he can be that s- secondary or third guy behind uh, Tyrese and uh, and De'Aaron. Like, they can create for him. Mm-hmm. But my question is, like, since he's unhappy with Luka, like, what what does he actually want out of the offense? Does he actually want more post touches? Does he, like, want more perimeter opportunities? I don't know what he means by not getting enough touches. I don't know, but... With the stat line with 40.5 touches per game, I I'm pretty sure that's below average uh, compared to like most stars of his caliber. Uh, so it's probably low for you know the ratio of uh, money he's being he's making and amount of touches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna assume. Yeah, especially for him being uh you know the second man, the second option behind Luca. Um, yeah, <laughs> it probably doesn't sound good. <laughs> I will shout out. Um, there, so there's a video on YouTube called uh, Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic Chemistry from Lombar Matic. Like it basically shows how KP and Luka don't have a lot of chemistry. There are a lot of moments where KP screens for Luka is open because the two guys have to have to double Luka, and Luka does not pass to KP. So like maybe there maybe there is legitimate kind of gripes that he should have with Luca, but you got to play a little better to, you know, justify him playing, you know, giving you the ball more. Maybe, maybe that's even causing it, but I mean, it's something to monitor going forward. Mm-hmm. I see. 
So I'm going on this website to see, you know, because other teams are actually pretty interested in KP as well, because, you know, they want to switch up their lineups as well. Um, let's go through a few trades and uh, let me what, uh, let me know your thoughts on what uh, if this should happen or not. So okay, go ahead. There's one where Mavericks get Andrew Wiggins for Kristaps. So it's a one for one trade. No, <laughs> <They're>, no, <laughs> Warriors are not doing that. How about this? Mavericks get Lonzo Ball and Steven Adams. Pelicans gets Kristaps, uh, Dwight Powell, a 2022 second round and a 2024 second round. Oh, they, I think they might do that. For although Lonzo, the Lonzo equation's actually a bit tricky because he he wants a lot of money. Hmm. Like I like Lonzo, so like I I don't know if it, I don't know if like they should trade him for KP essentially. Stephen mm-hmm. Adams has not been good for the Pelicans for some reason, and but like KP might actually fit like especially if he regains mobility. That's actually a pretty good trade. Uh, I would be queasy about trading Lonzo Ball if I were the Pelicans though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the Mavs, I'd, I'd definitely take it, in my opinion. Uh, let's see. There's another one where it's uh, Al Horford, uh, 2020 or 2022 Clippers first round and a 2023 Wizards second round uh, for KP. Uh, not the worst thing. I mean, OKC's okay, so just collecting asses at this point, right? <laughs> like... Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, might as well use them. Yeah, not the worst thing. And uh, there's another one where it's CJ McCollum for Kristaps. That might actually be a good idea. Although I would be a bit worried about their their big man rotation. Mm-hmm. Although no, KP wasn't good for them. That might work because K- Luca desperately needs a secondary creator. And the issue in Portland is that you know th- their two creators are two small guards. Like so, what ends up happening is that their backcourt is too goddamn small. But on the on the Mavericks, you got Luca who's six eight, so that's not as big of an issue. That might work. I I like that one actually. And here's one which I I feel like the Celtics could milk it a little differently. Uh, Mavericks get Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart, and Celtics get KP Dwight Powell and a 2027 20, first round pick. I don't know. I don't know if the Mavs do that. That's the thing. I don't know if the Mavs do it. I know that's uh, it's a weird trade, but of course there's other trades I've seen, but this is some of the ones that kind of stuck out, I guess you could say. Yeah, we'll just see how this offseason plays out because like we talk about these things, but like let's just say like there's a three team trade. There's just infinite possibilities about the, how this happens and. We'll have to see how the Mavericks see KP going forward. Like, is he complaining, like, so much behind the scenes that it's actually becoming a problem in the locker room? Or can him and Luka actually figure these things out? Because last year, remember, you know, the Utah Jazz looked like they were on the bre- on the brink of collapse. Like, it looked like, you know, Rudy, one of Rudy or Donovan was going to be gone no matter what. And look mm-hmm. at them now. Like, you know, they're in the semifinals. They're arguably favored against the Clippers. Like, you never know. Like, maybe they can, maybe they can figure something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To quickly go over real quick, there's – I think I also heard about Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There, I think Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and Rui Hachimura are, are also in the trade block as well. 
And, Rui, uh, I don't think so. I think Rui will stay. Mm, I see. And, uh, man, how did I forget the guy's name in uh, the Raptors? Kyle Lowry? Or uh, Pascal Siakam? Yeah, Pascal Siakam. I mean that's a trade target. Um, I don't I don't know about that situation. It's just sub. I imagine I if I were the Raptors, I would keep Pascal just to see how it's gonna work out when you go back to the to Toronto. Like maybe that was like they played in like let's not forget they played in Tampa basically the entire year and you know they were away from family and it was just weird circumstances overall. Like I don't know if they can take anything away from it and I wouldn't rush to trade Pascal if were the Raptors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, other than that, do you have any other uh, stats to go over KP? Um, really, no, nothing else. You basically went through everything for yeah. Um, I, I mean, I looked it up. Like, it's, I mean, again, his stats on the regular season uh, were actually fine. I was actually surprised to actually find like he did play well this year for the most part. Yeah. Like, Listening to you know Twitter, it's not the most accurate representation of like how a player plays. It's actually an awful way to follow the NBA, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was fine this year. It's just that you know he uh, he underperformed in the playoffs, and yeah, and it's it, it's a situation to look to look to going forward. I think that, I think the Mavericks can make this work if like him and Luca can somehow figure out like the distribution of possessions. Like they, I mean, they can create some sort of, you know, magic and, you know, they can sign free agents. They have cap space. Mm-hmm. So like, they, I don't know, like they might get a free agent. Um, They might sign like say Kyle Lowry or something and everything is solved, honestly. Um, But yeah, so yeah, they're, they're a situation going forward uh, to keep an eye on going forward. But yeah, I mean, K- KP will be interesting on the Kings. I just don't want that money. It's just too much money for a guy that's, probably going to be injured for much of his king's career let's be honest mm-hmm. so yeah we'll have to see okay well you know this is what you guys been waiting for so after the lakers were eliminated i think kenny caraway was the first one to suggest this basically he he suggested like should we trade for kyle kuzma and for the most part the overwhelming response was no I was actually on the other side. I was actually on the yes side because <laughs> I like again to be fair, like I've been like following Lakers Twitter, and Kyle Kuzma is good for the most part. He, is he a bit overrated by some Lakers fans? Yes, he he's not like you know the he's not like the killer like the killer scorer that he was kind of advertised to be, but he is a good player who does things that you know win you basketball games. He's a decent scorer, you know. And, like, he's a very, very solid defender with good size. So that's kind of what I, like, was looking at. And, like, looking at his regular season stats, 12.9 points per game, 43% from the field, 36% from three, 69% from the free throw line is a bit concerning, but, like, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Six rebounds a game, 1.9 assists. Uh, like these are solid stats, and you know he did contribute to a winning to a championship team. Although they very much could have won without him, to be honest. Like thinking mm-hmm. back, but my point is he is a good overall like NBA player. Right. But then I go to the playoffs, and this is what I mean by it's so hard to make the case for Kyle Kuzma. So I'm so he's so he went from 12.9 points per game in the regular season. 
6.3 points per game. <laughs> went from shooting 43, 44% from the field to shooting 29% from the field during the playoffs against the Suns. From 36% from three all the way to 17.4% from three in the playoffs. And somehow was worse from the free throw line at 66%. And his and his rebounding dropped uh, to 3.8. And his assist went down to 1.2. Basically, a very god-awful uh, playoffs. And probably, honestly, one of the contributing factors is probably why they lost. Uh, and that's what I mean by it's hard to make the case. When I was going into this, I was thinking like, oh, KP had a really bad year. Like he's an overpaid 7-3 shooting guard who's like just who's not producing at all. But at least KP is scoring in like the 20s on good efficiency. How Kuzma for the most part, like at least in the regular season, very kind of like average to sub-average efficiency, but can kind of create his own bucket. But in the playoffs, it just dropped off a fucking cliff. And all his warts start to show. Remember how I mentioned he was a solid defender? Well, in the playoffs, without AD, that defense fell apart, and he was not he was not good defensively for the most part. And then on offense, there was just questionable decision-making from him. Like, you know, he came in as kind of a bucket getter and being kind of like a good, a decent to good player on a bad team. So he got used to jacking up shots. And that's the part that I do worry about, where he kind of jacks up shots that he really shouldn't and isn't good enough to make. That's probably my most, uh, I guess, my most concern with him is that if he, if he gets traded to the Kings, he's going to start jacking up shots. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but I I would like to see, you know, him kind of like figure out what a good shot is and what a bad shot is. He did shoot 36% from three on a lot of open looks, so. It's not the greatest sign, but it's a solid percentage. Um, again, I, as I mentioned, his defense is solid. He's not a game changer, but I think he can exist as a as a cog in the machine in, in the machine of a pretty decent defense. After hearing all that, especially the field goal percentages, what are, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I didn't know his uh, percentages were that bad. <laughs> I didn't gotcha. know either. I, I remember, like when I when I first suggested this topic, I, I thought I was going to win in a landslide because again, Kyle Kuzma is a decent player for the most part, and KB hasn't been good this year. And then I look at the stats, and I just like there is nothing statistically that Kyle Kuzma does better. Yeah, it went from uh, what do we call it? Oh, whether Kuz or KP were better, but we all of a sudden find like all the negatives from each side, so. Yeah, it became just a <laughs> who who actually did the worst and uh, who should who should we actually trade for? But uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about Kuz. I mean, I haven't watched too much of Lakers lately, and you know, for him, uh, he is coming off the bench, right? Oh uh, yes. So, so yeah, I mean, I I actually don't know. <laughs> reason to justify his stat line to be honest so yeah we mentioned how kp had a pretty bad playoffs and a huge drop off and somehow kuz was worse and on a much more limited role mind you so yeah the the main positive the really only positive stat that i could really find you know fortunately or unfortunately is his contract number 
he just signed an extension for 39 million for three years and it's um it's actually flat um it's 13 million per year for three years and that's a uh, you know 13 million for a guy like Kuz again a decent shot maker a guy that can go get buckets questionable decision making but you know overall can make shots and you know a decent defender with good size like for 13 million like for you know a power forward slash wing type player it's not the worst thing of, that's not the worst thing in the world no that's a really good contract and you know ve- probably a very easily tradable contract as well um i don't know like what 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 would you give up if for the from the kings uh, to get coups in your I, opinion i mean like I know a lot of people say like, oh, uh, because Buddy's contract is actually substantially bigger than his, so you can't do a one for one. So they, the Lakers basically had to give us something, and a lot of people suggest that KCP. I don't see how that happens, but oh. like, like, but I mean, honestly, I probably would do just coups for Buddy. Like, honestly, if in a perfect world, yeah. I don't know about Marvin. Like, giving up Marvin for him might be a bit tricky. Just because I don't think he helps the Lakers, and I don't see that trade happening. Mm-hmm. But like in a perfect world, you can honestly trade one of Buddy or Marvin for him, and I'd be okay with it. Ooh. If KCP was in that equation, I would say yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, he's not going to be in that equation. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, if if Alex Caruso wasn't a free agent, I would want Caruso in that deal. Mm. And here's the thing: Buddy actually helps with the Lakers because, like, the Lakers. Not a good offense, surprisingly. I mean, their their you know their offense is you know uh, LeBron and uh, AD, and then just like everyone else, just picks the scraps from it. But like one of the issues they had was shooting, and Buddy fills that void. And they and you know their defense is good enough to cover for uh, Buddy. I think it actually be a pretty good fit. They just have, they will have to figure out how to make the contracts work. Hmm. Yeah, that. Oh, that'd be interesting. Well, they took two of our king shooting guards along with Ben Wackamore, G, if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, like, honestly, like, if we get if we give them Buddy and they give us two players back somehow, like, again, that'd be perfect, I think. You know, mm. we, we add some we add some defense and, you know, some decent shock rage. Honestly, like, if we can somehow get Caruso, like, I don't think we can afford him because, like, he's going to get some, he's gonna get money on the market, and uh, I don't think we can match that. And we, I don't know, like we don't have you know the big city incentives like a New York or you know an LA to actually give him more money. So I don't see him coming to sack. But I would love if somehow Caruso ended up on the Kings. Um, the last thing I want to mention about Kyle Kuzma, there is a bit of a, I don't want to say fuck boy, but like. You know, he, he's he, he's definitely thirsty for attention. And he is actually kind of the face of the Puma brand right now. And there are concerns, like rumblings online and like about just how he's not always focused on the game. He's more about like using his platform to promote himself and, you know, to make more money. Would you know all the power in the world to him? Like him as a, you know, if he wasn't in L.A., it'd be a lot different, but he is in L.A., and he's using that platform to kind of, you know, trying to get himself more endorsement deals and just get him more money and you know, all the power for him to do that. But, I, you know, it might I don't think it's going to be a huge concern going for it because he'll be in Sacramento where, 
you know, there's a lot less opportunities than LA to do that kind of stuff. But it is something to probably monitor if we do trade for him. Hmm. I see. Yeah. I hope someone will, uh, you know, smack him into the game. But you know, we don't have that kind of guy currently in the Kings right now. So yeah, we'll have to see about that. Yeah, I mean, I swear, I swear, if he come if he comes in here and like pretends he's like the locker room leader, that's gonna be an adventure. Because he he does have a championship. He does he has played winning basketball. So. You know, he, he could be that guy for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So after hearing all that, if let's just say, like, for, forget about what you actually give up. Like, let's just say if you were if you were to trade for one of them, which one would you rather trade for? We do include that do take into, into consideration the money. Because. But like, just don't forget what we actually trade for them. But like, if you were to have one, which one would you rather have? I'd still lean towards KP, in my opinion. I actually still think he still has a lot more to prove, and you know, do I mean, regardless of injuries, I feel like, I mean, we've dealt with injuries of Marvin, so we could deal with injuries of KP. I don't know what to uh, to what extent, but you know, I feel like he could get back to somewhat of a, you know, the role he had in the Knicks. It's just it's gonna have to be cut down short uh, due to you know Fox is our star player and he has to accept that he's just gonna have to be that role player that hopefully can still protect the rim and you know hit those long threes and you know occasionally you know make the hook shots probably and just get you know get the assists and touches he needs uh, i just can't separate the money from kp like if i mean again it, it uh well why i said to not you know think about who we're gonna give up but like again that is just too much money for a guy that looks like he's on the decline just because knees knee injuries and big guys just it's not something you ever want to hear and I don't know if it gets any better. I just don't have enough confidence for him to stay healthy for us. And yeah, for that money, I just can't. I can't like say yes to a KP trade. Mm. I would just want Kuz just because Kuz is a guy that can contribute. I think like he he can add. He can you know he's an, he, I think he can add a lot of things to the Kings team, and you know at a very very reasonable number. I think for a guy like him. I see. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, you know, money is uh, a big factor, and yeah, he is getting paid a very great contract, especially for the Kings. And you know, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's it for our, I guess, main segment. Well, we're gonna transition really quickly to some Kings news. There hasn't been much lately, but we did get a little bit of a snippet, I guess, a little teeny sprinkle of King's news. So Charles Barkley was on a media call. I don't remember what it was actually for, but uh, Sean Cunningham of, I believe, ABC 10 uh, basically was on the call and asked Charles Barkley that is is there a do you have a lot of hope? Do you have any hope for the Kings franchise? And Charles Barkley very bluntly just kind of says, no, I, I don't. He no, he didn't really see any hope for the Kings fans. 
he likes uh, De'Aaron Fox and the city of Sacramento. He is at, he comes to Sacramento and you always has a good time and he lo- and he really likes De'Aaron Fox's game. But he but he basically just is confused. The word he used specifically was perplexed on why the Kings just haven't gotten any better. And he basically goes on to talk about it's probably, you know, the organization that's keeping the Kings, you know, where they are right now. And, yeah, he doesn't see much hope for the Kings, unfortunately. Now, when it's pointing to the organization, are we pointing to the ownership? <laughs> uh, I assume that's what he's talking about. Like, I don't think he's talking well, – I don't even know if he, he if he knows we hired a new general manager, to be honest. But, like, it, he's basically not pinning – he's basically saying it's not the players because, you know, the talent – there's talent on this team for the most part. Like – and there, I, I mean, I kind of, if he is talking about the ownership, I have to 100% agree with him. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to ownership, uh, we cannot, we cannot do anything about that because you know they own the team, and whatever happens, it comes from them. So, yeah, I mean, we've had, was it Vivek for how long now? So he bought the team in what 2013, I think. So I think I think he just passed eight years of being a Kings owner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I mean, yeah, it, it all starts with ownership, and hopefully we've kind of turned a corner in some ways in terms of just Vivek letting Monty do his thing, as opposed to him butting in and you know co- co- you know making decisions, basketball decisions for you know the Kings because he does not have a good track record of that. And yeah, I like hopefully the tide has turned because I've heard some poor stories of like, you know, when George Carl was here, they, that Vivek and his family would just butt into basketball conversations and overrule what George Carl was suggesting. And hopefully that is not the case anymore. If that is the case, like, yeah, I mean, Charles Barkley is right to have absolutely no hope for the Kings franchise. But again, I highly doubt Charles Barkley has really followed the Kings, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, let's, let's hope, uh, like, you know, after this season or this postseason, we'll see if, you know, Monty has most of the control and, you know, hopefully he makes the moves that, you know, Vivek won't make. So we'll, we'll have to see. Okay, well, that's our one little tidbit, a uh, tiny sprinkle of King's news. Let's move to the playoffs. Let, let, so that's going to be our final segment. Um, So... Uh, let's start with Bucks versus Nets. So uh, the Nets, Bucks versus Nets game four just ended earlier in the day, and unfortunately, Kyrie is now injured with an ankle sprain and apparently was walking on crutches and a boot um, uh, after the game. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this series so far? Oh, oh boy. I mean, with Harden gone injured and. Uh... I don't know how how much longer he's going to come back. And especially, you know, he's not going to be coming back 100%. And Kyrie gone now? Ooh, it's just KD. And I don't know. Bucks and Nets are tied right now, I believe. 2-2, yeah. Two, two, yeah. yeah, so, I don't, man, it sucks. But I feel like the Bucks has have a really good chance to come back to this. Because I don't know if KD can carry most of the weight in offense. Uh, 
uh, for the next coming games until they come back. I mean, man, the Nets were beating their ass in two in the first two games, and honestly, the Nets should have won Game Three. Like, like the Bucks got so lucky that Joe Harris missed that wide open like twenty footer. Uh, but like they've let the they've let the Bucks back in, and it's unfortunate that Kyrie got injured because I think like if Kyrie plays, like they're done. The Bucks are done. Like um, this this is gonna be interesting going forward. I don't know if uh, Harden comes back next game. Like hamstrings are tricky, and I don't know about Kyrie. Hopefully it's like a precautionary thing, and hopefully he's not like you know because it looked like a pretty gnarly ankle ankle sprain like he twists his ankle really badly Mm -hmm. i I really hope he's okay and uh yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm still gonna pick the nets to win this one because i think i think like if kd can like kind of figure some stuff out i think he can beat the bucks by himself (laughs) because the bucks uh just something is just feels off about them i feel maybe it might be the coaching it might be Giannis. something just doesn't feel I guess they don't feel like the team, if, if that makes any sense. And yeah, I, I until they prove it, I I'm not gonna believe in the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest, uh, what you mean by that. But you know, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I I actually do want the Nets to win this series, but with both Kyrie and Harden out, like I said, it's it's it's, it's, it's gonna be a tough road. Well, um, well, we shall see. Well, whoever they're going to face in the next round, that would be very interesting. 76ers versus Hawks. Uh, 76ers are up 2-1 right now, and uh, it was announced that DeAndre Hunter is not going to be able to play for the rest of the season. He's going to be out. Um, and the um, 76ers basically dominated game two. Game three, I mean. Uh, any thoughts on this series? Hmm? Uh, I... Like I said, I kind of want the Hawks to win, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Sixers are going to win this series in probably in the next couple, to be honest. Yeah, they just have more. They they have like the perfect perimeter defenders to guard Trey Young. Like Matisse Thybul is probably the best defender, the best perimeter defender in the league. Like that guy just swallows up like uh, perimeter players and he's actually making it tough on Troy Young like which is amazing and yeah I, I don't see how the how the Hawks are going to do this like they can score in bunches but I just don't think they have enough talent to be able mm-hmm. to match up against the Sixers mm-hmm. okay well that's going to be a short one for the, uh, that series well uh, what about this one uh Suns versus Nuggets um Jokic did win the MVP uh, I thought it was well deserved oh yeah well deserved yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, it just sucks that they don't have Jamal Murray. But, like, Jokic is doing his thing. It's just that no one else is really stepping up. Like, Will Barn isn't playing, like, great. Michael Porter Jr. apparently has a back problem. Like, he's not moving well, which, that is scary. Um, and the Suns are up 3-0 right now, and currently the game is actually going on. We're actually recording when uh, Game 4 is happening, and currently... It is 71-63 in the Suns' favor with 8.46 to go in the third. Mm. Yeah, I sweep tonight. Yeah, I think it's going to be a sweep, to be honest. Let me check the box score real quick. Uh, Will Barton 
playing decent. Aaron Gordon, geez, I, why don't I even look at Aaron Gordon? Uh, Jokic playing like Jokic. Yeah, it's it all comes down to the fourth, really. But looking at the Sun side, it seems, yeah, they're playing real well. Gee. So I, I mean, the Suns are a well-oiled machine. Like this is a, this is they are showing signs of being a finals team. Like they are playing at the highest level they've ever played, and like they're together. They're like completely in sync. They know their sets. They're well coached. Everything is coming together for them right now. And against honestly a hapless like Nuggets defense, like they're just toying with them. And honestly, like the Suns look like a finals team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm choosing the Suns to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to pick the Nuggets to win this game, but like even if they win this game, it'll be it'll be you know a five a five game sweep as opposed to you know a four game sweep. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't think the Nuggets have enough talent, especially if Michael Porter Jr. is is actually injured. Oh, that's gonna be rough. Yeah. Okay, well, next one, uh, Jazz versus Clippers. Uh, before we actually get into that series, Gobert wins his, I think, his third Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's Gobert. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I don't know who else could have won it, to be honest. Do you think Ben Simmons should have gotten more love? Uh, I think he's probably, like, top five finalists but i don't know wow top five really he was number two so he was number two Jeez. wow that's some disrespect that's some disrespect from fong right there and i mean i actually i would have picked ben simmons over gobert but although i completely understand why people pick gobert he is a one-man wrecking crew on defense he himself like anchors a, a defense into the top 10 just by himself and like he in the regular season, that is an incredible feat all on his own. In the playoffs, however, he does have a tendency to kind of get his effect is minimized a lot when game when uh what's it called teams can scheme like specifically for him, which is why I would pick Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons has that versatility to be able to guard the perimeter and the paint, and you know offer honestly a good portion of what gobert can offer protecting the pain as well like i just i mean i i get why gobert won and he honestly he deserves to win it but i i would have put i would have voted for ben simmons mm-hmm. i see um my notes for the series like i'm i mean i compared this team to the 2018 raptors the one that got owned by lebron in the playoffs to turning toronto into lebronto like I, I I mean I was saying like I don't know if they got the they got like a a star that can you know carry them through the playoffs like is Donovan Mitchell just a glorified DeMar DeRozan? Well I was fucking wrong like Donovan Mitchell is nasty. That guy is I like some people are saying he's on the precipice of becoming a superstar. I think he's already there. This guy like literally made like contested threes and with two guys on them consistently. And like in the first two games, I, in the first two games, they couldn't stop this guy. This guy just literally just called, called the screen over and just attacked. And the Clippers, like even with all their perimeter defenders could not just keep him out of the lane. 
and he just scored at will down the stretch. This guy is a bona fide superstar. Oh, yeah. I remember watching the third game, uh, although he didn't really play well in the first quarter. But, man, that second, third quarter, he just started, uh, you know, hitting his shots. It, it was really literally crazy. shot over two people from three like three or four times and just made it although he did get a little two uh three happy he started slamming them off the backboard but like mm-hmm. man that is some superstar shit right there oh yeah uh mike conley is still out i do not know if he's gonna play game four um you know c- Let's just let's just assume he will be back game four. Do you think the Clippers or the or do you think the Jazz win that game? Ooh, let's see. The series now is still two one, right? Two well, one. Yes. Hmm. If they do come out game four, ooh, uh, uh, I I think they have a better chance, but I still think the Clippers uh, if they figure out some stuff can uh you know, win this game as well. So who are you going to pick? I I want to lean, to be honest, I want to lean towards Clippers in a way. I, I still think, uh, you know, Paul George is still going to play real well. And, uh, you know, Kawhi was, had a really off three-point shooting night, so he might bounce back uh, sometime. Uh, surprisingly, you know, Nicholas Batum hit a lot of free points in game three. So hopefully, you know, the rest of the supporting cast can, you know, uh, hit them, hit their shots. And uh, I'm hoping for a Clippers uh, game four win. I so, I so want to pick the Clippers. I I don't, I can't bring myself to trust them though. They just Mm -hmm. keep doing this. Like, it, I don't know what it is about them. Like when they when they had that lead in the like basically throughout the game, I had no trust in them to keep that lead, and they actually managed to keep it. Which you know credit in the world, credit to them. And Paul George played well, and Kawhi played well. Like every everybody played well basically. Mm-hmm. But like if Conley's gonna be back, and and you know Donovan Mitchell isn't like you know isn't anything bad with his ankle because that's why he left the game early. Yeah. I think I gotta pick the Jazz. Unfortunately, I just don't trust the Clippers enough. Yeah, I could see that. I'm like I said, since it's in Clippers' home still, I I'm hoping that they still have that high production. They hit their shots, and hopefully we get that win. <laughs> That's another thing. The only home game they won. Um, in the in the last series against Dallas was Game Seven at at, at home. Dude. That's the that's the thing where I'm just like, does home court advantage even matter anymore? I mean, it mattered in Game Three, like you know, but I just don't I just don't know if home court advantage is worth anything. And again, I just can't I can't bring myself to trust the Clippers. It's just something is off with them. I they have the two best perimeter defenders in the league, yet are somehow like I, they just get blown by way too often for my liking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just that's just my take on it. I'm I'm gonna I I, I hate to do it. I want I actually want to pick the Clippers, but I just don't trust them enough, so I'm gonna pick the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Very begrudgingly, because I don't like the Jazz either. Although I love Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is again nasty. 
Okay, well, that's it for this episode. Yeah, this episode is not, for better or for worse, is not as long as our, you know, as some of our episodes have been as of late, So, which means it will be an easier edit. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this edition of uh, Sack King's Therapy. And, um, yeah, we'll be hopefully be coming out with episodes more often. It's just we cannot get our schedule straight right now. Yeah, with that, and, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what other... Uh you know, topics we can bring up for you guys. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, we also don't want to bring you an episode where, like, we just talk about anything but the Kings just because we are a Kings podcast, but there just isn't that much Kings to talk about right now. Like, we all we had was Charles Barkley. <laughs> to <talk> about <laughs> and, like, a hypothetical trade that may or may not happen. Like, that that's where we're at right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we'll definitely do, like, you know, a lottery um episode or afterwards i mean but until then it's gonna be pretty it's a you know it's a drought right now for king's uh news yeah well we'll have to see but if you guys you know have any questions and you know give us our your thoughts about whether you choose kuzma or kp uh send us an email at uh it was a king's therapy pod at gmail.com Kings yeah. therapy pod at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail if you're into that and i'll have to figure out how to actually listen to it but you can't there those are the options to contact us if you want give us your thoughts give us your opinions uh, is a kuzma trade a horrible idea is kp trade a horrible idea or or an absolutely genius idea that i just cannot that i just cannot figure out yeah i'm still leaning towards kp in my in my opinion but yeah, if only the money was wasn't a problem, sadly. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll hopefully catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. See you guys later.